Hey guys, this is the Real Life Monopoly Podcast. This is your co-host, Jeffrey Donis, alongside my partners and brothers, Kenneth and Kerwin Donis. We are real estate investors, and the point of our podcast is to help you reach your financial goals, which will allow you to have time to focus on your true passion so that you can live not only a happier, but more fulfilled life. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, this is Jeffrey Donis, and today we'll be having David Topin, also known as the Real Estate Jedi, on our show he is an entrepreneur who invests in multifamily real estate. He currently has 1,057 units, and he's also the start of a multifamily tech and mastermind called the Real Estate Lab. David is an inspiration to anyone who is young and has any self-limiting beliefs. We were really, really excited to have David on the show. So without further ado, let's get right to it. Thank you for tuning in to the Real Estate Monopoly podcast. This is your co-host, Jeffrey Donis, alongside my partners and brothers, Kerwin and Kenneth Donis. Today on the show, we'll be having David Topin out of Austin, Texas. David, do you mind introducing yourself to the audience? Yeah, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Uh, my name's David Topin. I'm a real estate investor, primarily multifamily, and uh, recently a software startup uh, founder as well. Um, kind of a serial entrepreneur since I was 13, and um, I buy real estate, and uh, I love multifamily. That's all I do. Awesome, David. We, it's a pleasure having you, man. We follow you on social media. We've just always, uh, you put really good content out there, so we really do appreciate all the value you give. And um, in regards to how you got started in real estate, I, I have heard you on some podcasts regarding you were a college kid and you got started. Do you mind kind of going into that? Yeah, no problem. So... You know, I was in college, like a lot of people didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. Always been an entrepreneur, as I mentioned, but uh, I actually went to school originally to be a dentist and I changed that pretty quick. Um, and I started studying finance. I did some internships in investment banking uh, and consulting and that was great learning experience. But really during that, I, I kind of fell into it and I decided that I really wanted to invest in apartments and, and buy real estate. So turned all my job offers down, went straight into real estate full time uh, my junior year. And a couple months later, I bought a 12 unit property. I had no money. I had no financial wherewithal. You know, I couldn't qualify for the loan. So I basically put together some investors and a uh, loan guarantor. Um, then I did all the work, brought the deal together, all that kind of stuff. So um, fast forward, couple of years later, I've bought a little over a thousand apartments um, and I own that uh, multifamily software company now. So, you know, apartments is since then, it's about six years ago. That's all I do. That's awesome, man. Awesome. And to kind of go back into your, your story a little bit, you were a junior when you got into it or were you a sophomore and you ended up buying your first property when you were a junior? Uh, I think I was a junior in college when I got into it. Yeah, okay. I was 19. Do you, do you mind going into, because I know you said you had no money. Uh, really, I'm not sure if you had a network at all, but like, how did you get access to that loan guarantor or even the, uh, the deal? Like, how did you find that? Do you mind kind of explaining quickly how you put that together? Yeah, bro. It was just networking hard, like going to meetups, meeting people, calling people like anyone I could find that had money, net worth. I mean, I would talk to everyone and I just, I met, I had met a lot of people, you know, in, in, in the kind of hustle startup of trying to get into real estate, right? If you're, if you're doing it right, you should be meeting a lot of people. You should be networking constantly. You should be on the phone all the time. And I just met, I just started building a good network of people that I could call on when something like that came up. And so, you know, I was kind of planning towards it a little bit. Um, I didn't have the money lined up beforehand, but I had people that I could, 
I knew I could call and at least pitch it to them. So, yeah. So I, I'm just curious because, um, of course, you said you were diving deep or full time into real estate. Were you like in single family at all, or you just said multifamily is the way to go and just jump straight in? I did single family for probably like four or five months in 2016 and I hated it. It wasn't, I mean, I, I didn't hate it. It was cool learning experience and it was, yeah. but it wasn't what I wanted to be doing. I knew that single family was another day job. Like, you know, if, if you stop flipping houses or wholesale and your income stops and I yeah. wanted, I wanted to be able to stop and my income keeps going. Right. Uh, so, you know, that's basically what led me to, uh, I always wanted to go bigger too. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Same with us. And, I think you were 19 when you first got started. Is that correct? I was, yeah. How did you get people to take you seriously? I used to wear a suit every day. Everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere, man. Every day oh, I went to work. Oh, I wear a suit. I would, you know, a suit and a tie or a suit and no tie. But I would, I wore a suit every day. I thought it made, I thought it would make me look more professional because, you know, I look young, first of all. Uh, when I was 19, I probably looked like I was 16. So <laughs> now it was one of those things where I was like, man, if I wear a suit every day, I go into meetings, people take me seriously, this, that, and the other. And, um, you know, I, I stopped that after I started buying some deals. Now you catch me in a t-shirt and shorts, you yeah. know, going to a $20 million meeting, but it, you know, now you just kind of be yourself, but that's kind of how I started, you know, and, and it wasn't, it, at first it wasn't easy, but it, it was never something in my head. It was always in my head that like, it doesn't matter that I'm 20 years old. It doesn't matter. I'm 20 years old. Like, no, you know, just, just because I'm 20 doesn't mean I can't do it. I'm, I have the wherewithal to do it. I just need to put the team together and it doesn't matter who I'm working with. It doesn't matter if you're 50 years old and you have your $50 million guy. Like, you know, I could still always learning and asking questions for people. And I think that people like the curiosity and, and um, they like ambitious young people. And so I find a lot of people that were older, but they enjoyed working with me because, you know, I'm young and, got a lot of energy and I think they like that so that's awesome um so to go a little bit more into that first deal I assume that you obviously raised some capital you said that you were calling anyone that had money do you mind going into your first capital raise like how did that kind of go and and I'm sure you kind of faced some adversity while you were doing it yeah it wasn't easy you know calling a lot of people getting some no's um you know it it was it was a, a numbers game for sure so I mean, I would just suggest anyone going into it, like just write down on paper or type it out, like all the people you know that you think have money. And what's kind of funny is a lot of the people that I thought had money didn't have money. And the people I didn't <laughs> think had money had the money. Like the guys driving the Beamer, the seven, you know, the people that were more low key were the ones that had three, four, 500,000 in the bank and they could put 25 or 50 with. So it was kind of actually interesting. Millionaire Next Door, if you've ever read that book. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but it's, it's purely a numbers game and, um, you know, in a couple ways, numbers game in that you just need to talk to a lot of people, uh, so that you can, you know, get it out of your system, uh, have, have a couple bad conversations before you start realizing what's the right and what's the wrong thing to say, what, what excites people, what turns people off. Um, you know, you don't want to hard sell people, you know, at first it was, it was like, you know, it was, it was hard to raise capital. So I'm like trying to convince people, you know, really hard. And so some people don't like to be convinced. They just want the information and make their own decision, which nowadays I get a lot of people that come to me wanting to invest. Right. And I don't always have a room for them to come in at this point, but before it was like, Oh man, you got to invest in this deal. This is a great project. Like you need to take a look at this. And I got a lot of people that, you know, just 
or like, yeah, you know, I don't want to be hard sold. And so, um, you know, I started to figure out kind of strategy there. And then, you know, part of it was putting the right type of presentation in front of them. You know, I didn't do that at first. I just sent them like a Dropbox link with a bunch of documents in it and pictures of the property and the spreadsheet underwriting. And that's not what you want to do either. You want to send them a nice pretty package that just outlines high level stuff and then get into the details if you need to. But it's just a learning process. That's awesome. And you mentioned uh, that now you just have people kind of reaching out on their own to see if they can invest in your deals. Where are these people finding you or how are you uh, exposing yourself to them and putting yourself out there? Yeah, mostly online. Um, you know, I get a lot of traffic online from podcasts I do and social media content, all that kind of stuff. They'll okay. go and sign up and say, hey, I want to invest and we get on the phone. Yeah. So after you, you were able to get your, you know, your hands on that first deal, obviously, I mean, if you hear Michael Blanc and all these people talking about like the, the concept of after you get your first one, the second one comes a lot faster. Do you mind touching on what happened after that and, and how quick were you able to get your second one and then your third one and so on? Yeah, I think I closed on my first, it was two at the same time, actually, it was two 12 units. Uh, that was March, 2017. And then I think in April or May, I went under contract on the third deal, which is 96 units. And I closed on that. It took me like five months, April, May, June, July, September. I think it was September, October, I closed on that of 2017. Um, and then I didn't buy a deal until after that, until early 2019, because I was so focused on managing that deal. And I self-managed it and operated that. And I was just really focused on like mastering operations and learning and you know, I, have, I was the management company and I had two, I had an onsite manager, onsite maintenance. And, you know, one of them would, the onsite manager would quit and then I have to step in and start leasing units. And so I actually played all those role, different roles, uh, which was interesting, not the most fun, but it was a great learning experience. And um, that deal, you know, that next big deal kind of put me on the map as far as ownership goes. Before it was kind of like, oh, who's this kid stepping into the game? And it was a small industry if you're working in the same town. And so, and then it's kind of like, oh, that put my name out there. It's like, oh, wow, like he actually can do this and buy and brokers started taking me more seriously, investors, all that stuff. So that was uh, the very key pivotal deal for me in my career. Yeah, that's awesome. And and so you started obviously with some small units and you slowly started scaling. Uh, do you mind kind of fast forwarding into what your company looks like now? Yeah, so um, I have two separate companies, uh, multiple employees in each and um, I have my real estate company and then my software company. So the real estate side of things, um, you know, sir. And so we focus on a couple different deal types. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I've done a lot of syndications, larger deals. I'm kind of scaling back from like, focusing on unit size and unit count, really that's less important to me. What's more important to me is, um, you know, can I still hit those same returns? But then, um, you know, how do, I, how do I grow my cash flow and my net worth the most? And whether that's doing a 20 unit deal or 120 unit deal, like it doesn't matter to me. It's just, I'm looking for solid deals in the markets that I like. Um, and then, you know, kind of investing more of my own money into each of the projects. So that's kind of the real estate side of things. I mean, I plan to buy another probably three deals this year. I've already bought two. And so I plan to buy probably another three deals by the end of 2021. Um, and then the software company is a team of four of us, uh, plus uh, six um, uh, software developers. 
and we're building track your pipeline, send offers, um, you know, generate reports, get uh, market specific data for your properties you're looking to acquire, all that kind of stuff. It's called Real Estate Lab. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah, can you go ahead? No, I was just going to say, that's actually really cool. So will it be like more of a kind of pretty much acquisition based so, you know, you can be able to track, I guess, all the leads that come in as far as apartments and then kind of like the broker that brought you the deal and then you can do internally, you can do market research? Yeah, so um, definitely, you, you you know, you're looking at looking to acquire a property, or you're looking to underwrite it, or it's a prospect type deal, right? You put it in the system, you track all them, all the properties you, you've either looked at or are looking at on a map. You can kind of categorize them, so it's a little bit of CRM ish, right? Helping you, so you don't have to use Dropbox anymore or Google Drive, okay. right? It's all <laughs> yeah, online. All, all your document storage is online too, um, and then you can upload your rent roll and your T12. The software will read the rent roll. It'll pull out the unit mix automatically, the average rents, occupancy, and everything. So you don't have to go through line by line. Uh, it'll read the T12. It'll help you standardize the format, recategorize it. And then you can open up the analyzer, which is the same analyzer that I've been selling for years uh, in Excel. Um, and now it opens up online um, and it pulls all the data from the rent roll and the T12 over to it. And then you make a couple of quick assumptions and, and really the goal is to help you help automate the underwriting process. So um, you know, it, it, in the next year or so, we'll be adding functionality to, to where we have the data behind it to say like, hey, I see you're analyzing a, a 42 unit deal in, um, you know, in, in West Florida, right in the Tampa area. Well, based on our market data, we suggest you use this set of operating expenses. Uh, we suggest you use these rents. These are the rent comps for, you know, uh, the units that you're looking at. Um, you know, these are the, comp, the financing terms that we're seeing we're looking to automate the underwriting process because that is a huge, um, a huge kind of blocking point for a lot of people where it's like, Hey, I want to get into the business. I can raise money. I can do this and that, but I don't really know how to analyze a deal and I don't know how to figure out what's the right purchase price. And so I want to help those people do it, um, more easily, but then also people that are good at it. I want to help them look at deals faster and more efficiently and more accurately. That makes sense. And that's pretty cool. Uh, when did you say that that potentially be available? I think that's something worth looking into for sure. Yeah, it's launching to my real estate community. It's called Real Estate Lab Community. We have about 150 members today. Uh, it's launching internally to that uh, in um, June 2021. And then by the end of the year, it'll be a full public launch, um, you know, kind of still in beta. But um, yeah, we're launching 2021. Awesome. Congrats on that. Thank you. No, that's awesome. Man. It seems like a like a really uh, a big systems guy and you sound kind of leaning back into the content. When somebody finds you um, on a social media post, for example, what systems do you have in place to get them from that state of being kind of like a cold lead to uh, getting them on the phone to see if they're interested in investing? Like what, what, what systems do you have in between that? Yeah, I'll lead them to my website and then they'll go there and sign up and then that prompts them to schedule a call with me. So it's all kind of automated um, or I'll just ha say, Hey, shoot me an email or Hey, what's your email? I'll email you. And then, you know, we'll set up a call, get on the phone and then they go into my investor list. So um, yeah, it's all, it's all kind of systematized. It's not perfect because um, you know, it's not all just automated robotic at the same time because some people do want more of a personal interaction, right? And so like, hey, I'm gonna shoot you a couple DMs on Instagram, we're gonna chat, I'll send you a voice message, uh, or you know, whether it's Facebook or whatever it is, or 
hit me up on the website, you know, we'll email back and forth, set up a call. Like it's, it's a little more personal. I want to get to know people, know the people that are investing with me and, you know, kind of explain to them how I work, my process and why I'm the best person for them to invest with. And then, you know, uh, we kind of go from there. That's awesome. So are you also, I assume that you do your own investor relations with the investors that reach out to you. Uh, what other roles do you kind of play other than the, uh, obviously investor relations, but do you have other roles that you do within your company or real estate company? Yeah, I do a little bit of everything from finding deals to, you know, I have an underwriter now, so he mostly underwrites it and then I'll kind of tweak the underwriting, um, you know, running the transaction process. Sometimes I do that. Sometimes I outsource that. Um, you know, I have asset management team that will asset manage, um, you know, the properties after we buy them. Cause that's, that's not my favorite part of the business, uh, but it's very important. Um, yeah, I run the financing, I raise capital, um, all that kind of stuff. Best relations. Yeah, I do. I do a little bit of everything. Yeah. That's awesome. What would you say is your favorite aspect of it? anything on the acquisition side from finding the deal to getting it closed. Like I love negotiating with sellers. I love uh, negotiating when we're under contract, just getting it, the deal to the finish line. I, in my opinion, is an art. It is not easy and to do it fast enough, right. Where you're in within your timelines. I mean, it's, uh, it's definitely not an easy process. So I love that. And then once we close on it, I like I prefer to hand it off to somebody who's really good at asset management because that's not my strong suit. So, um, you know, I could do it, but, I prefer to have, you know, the team to run that side of things. No, for sure. Um, and I'd love to find out, like, what's your why? Do you mind me asking exactly, like, what's the reason that you're you're building all these companies that you're getting up every day? You seem like you said you're very hungry and you have a lot of energy. So what kind of keeps you going? Dude, I just love it. It's so fun. I have such a good time. You know, I enjoy, uh, I enjoy making other people money. I enjoy building my own wealth. Um, really at the end of the day, I want to give back to a lot of people. I like, you know, I donate quite a bit, um, of my income to different charitable organizations. I want to start my own one day and, you know, kind of help more youth get into entrepreneurship and help them realize that like, Hey, you don't necessarily need to go to college or, you know, you don't necessarily need to go work for the man. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe you start your own business. I love entrepreneurship in general. So I'm a big proponent of that and um, I just want to help as many people as I can see that that is an option. Yeah. And that's, I feel like that's what you're doing through a real estate lab, right? You're kind of just starting yep. that, that. Is that really just for real estate? I know it's called real estate lab, but are you really just targeting real estate entrepreneurs that are young or is it just anyone that's really interested in getting into multifamily? Yeah. It's specifically a community for multifamily investors. So anyone that invests in apartments are new to very experienced investors. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So to kind of go into our next stage um, and just looking back when you first got started, I would love to find out what was one thing that you thought would be easier than it actually ended up being? Probably, you know, I don't know, probably raising money. I didn't think a lot of it through, to be honest. I didn't really think like, Hey, what's the financing going to be like, or what's the raising money going to be like? I just, I was like, until I find a deal, none of that matters. And so I need to get under contract on a deal. And then I did that. And then I'm like, okay, I don't have any money. Now I need to go find the money. <laughs> now I need to go find a bank. You know, it was like, a, it was kind of like, a, I, I went just head first into it because I think that's sometimes how you have to do it. If you're resourceful, right? If you're the kind of person where that's going to really stress you out, 
you know, maybe line the money up first or you talk to a couple banks first, but like from the, to, you know, power through it or, you know, what, how, whatever it looks like. So, you know, it's, it's, it depends. So no, I, I, I didn't really have expectations. And uh, so after you got your first deal, and I think you said you had two 12 units um, as your kind of first deal. Um, after that, did you experience it to be easier to get the next few deals or was it just as hard to get the first one? I mean, what was your, what was your experience with that? Like, um, it was definitely, well, so I think I kind of get where you're coming from. Like, like once you get the first deal, does it get easier? I, I'd say yes, for sure. But just, and I don't know if it's because it's just the first deal getting done. I mean, I think it's part partially like confidence of having done a deal at that point you kind of understand it more, you're more confident. So when an opportunity comes up, it's easier to strike. Um, but I think it's just the time and the consistency of, of continually talking to people and looking for deals. Like right now, I don't have to do a lot of outreach and I have deals hitting my whole pipeline. I'm turning people, I have like, I can't, like I have too many deals and I don't have enough time to do them all, right? So I'm actually trying to grow the team because of that. And so, um, you know, and that's just because I've five years, I haven't stopped consistently done this, you know? Um, and so I think it's time consistency. Yes, it is easier to do the second deal. Once you get the first one, it does snowball. It does get faster and easier, but I've also gone through two 12 month periods in the last six years where I haven't bought a single deal because not because I wasn't looking just because like nothing made sense. Um, and I was making offers, but like I couldn't find the right deal. So I've, I'm just also very selective. Like if I find five really good deals next month, I'm going to try and do them all, but then I might not find a deal for two years. Like, and I, I won't do a deal if I don't find one. So, um, you know. No, yeah, no, for sure. Um, and to kind of go into uh, my next question in regarding your mindset, right? Cause you're obviously young and you've, you're 25. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So like you have over a thousand units and obviously you didn't start that way. Like how were you able to develop from person that was in college, you graduated and you decided not to go the corporate route. First, like I obviously it takes a certain mindset to not go the, the conventional path. So like, how were you able to develop that? Was that something that your friends in, in college were like, or just something that kind of just sparked your interest and, and you decided to, uh, to go? Because I, I believe that you were actually in a frat. Is that right? I was, yeah. So no, my friends are <laughs> completely the opposite. No, that's um, what I'm thinking. Like, good people, people, but completely <laughs> the opposite. So um, dude, I, you know, this is one of the things I just, I don't really know the answer to because at the time I was, I was just really like at a pivotal point where it's like, okay, I had a lot of fun in college, but you know, I want to do all these great things in life. Right. And I'm like, man, what's it going to take to get there? I know it's going to take a lot of wealth and financial freedom to be able to do these things that I want to do. Um, and so you know, I was, I was just in a mindset of like, if I, I don't want to fall behind. I want to get ahead of the curve. I want to, I want to get to that point as soon as I can. Um, and I need to do whatever it takes to get there. And I just kind of became really like one track minded. Like I was on, and I still am on just a freaking mission uh, to make it happen, whatever it took. And so I just developed this like really rock solid, like, like, ultimate confident mindset of like, Hey, I can literally do anything. And, you know, a, a lot of it came from listening to motivational people and reading certain books, like, you know, listen to Grant Cardone, Gary Vaynerchuk. Like I really took a lot of that stuff to heart 
and was like, dude, if seriously, if anyone else can do this, I can do this. There's nothing stopping me. And it doesn't matter how old I am. It doesn't matter that I don't have any money. Like I'm, I am going to do this come hell or high water. And, um, I'm free allowed me to go into, you know, meetings and discussions and, and look at deals with just this confidence that, you know, maybe in some ways could have been not the greatest thing. Right. But like, I'm, I, but I, I combine that with, with logic and, and taking a smart approach to investing. Right. I wasn't just going to go and do any deal. I was going to do a good deal. Um, I don't really know what a good deal looked like at first, but I figured it out. I put the time in to figure it out, you know, but it, it was like, you have to be resourceful. You have to be willing to do whatever it takes and, and figure out that what that path's going to look like. Yeah, yeah. Sure. honestly, and I love that. I mean, we, we're big Grant Cardone fans, so we're big on like, you know, kind of just showing up and just having big dreams. So, of course, at a young age, it seemed like you kind of knew where you wanted to go um, and then you have found the vehicle and put in the work. So just out of curiosity, I mean, I know like the amount of success that you've been able to accumulate, but um, what what would you say multifamily real estate in general has been able to? Um, it's done a lot of things. It's given me like purpose. It's given me a direction in life. It's given me a lot of passion um, because I really love, you know, I really love doing it. It's a fun business to be in and it's something that I really wanted to master. Um, and so it's given me kind of like a vision and a path. Uh, but then it's also created a lot of wealth. It's, you know, it's, um, you know, how I made my first and second seven figures and, and third. And, and, you know, I know it's going to be a huge part of my financial, uh, you know, my balance sheet and wealth going forward and cash flow, And, you know, th that's important to me. It's allowed to do the things and live the life that I really want to live. Like I could go anywhere, anywhere at any time. Um, you know, I can, I can um, work from anywhere from a laptop, which was really my goal. I want to be able to work from anywhere in the world on a laptop. I can do that. Um, it's allowed me to help people. The more I make, the more I give. Um, I'm a really giving person. I love helping other people as possible. I love help teaching people to do it the right way. Um, you know, we're not doing this, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're in this business to have fun. That's key. Right. And, and to be good people and to help and to, and to provide good quality housing. I think that's really paramount to what we do. Um, but if you really want to build a lot of wealth and have financial success, there is a right and a wrong way to do this. And I like teaching people the right way. Um, and so it's just, dude, it's just all around a good time. I just love it. No, I agree, man. Everything you said really just like resonates with us. And so many yeah, um, I love that. But yeah, a lot of people don't want to say it. I mean, I'm in the business to fucking make money, right? I mean, yeah. like a lot of people, you know, I'm in this to create wealth because wealth is going to allow me to hit my goals. It's going to allow me to help more people. It's going to allow me to do greater things and, and really live the life that I want to live. And so, uh, you know, a lot of people are, you know, maybe afraid to say that, but like, that's why I got into this. I wanted to make a lot of money and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, you know, and, and it, it is a way that any, I own a software company, but I hire people way smarter than me to go and actually build the software. Um, you know, I, you, you certainly don't know everything in every business, right. And there's always something to, to learn, but like, you've got to, um, you know, going into it with, with um, a goal of creating wealth, there's nothing wrong with that, right? As long as you love what you're doing. And I think that's key. For sure. I couldn't agree more. Um, to kind of go into our express round, I'll just ask you a quick five questions to uh, end the podcast. But first question, uh, what is the biggest mistake you've ever made in real estate and what did it teach you? I think the biggest mistake I ever made was, 
you know, I think, I think I just had a flurry of little mistakes that came with my first couple deals, like raising capital, like part of the learning process, right? Where they weren't major failures, but they were just uh, oversights that, you know, choosing the right and choosing the wrong business partners is really important. Um, probably the biggest mistake was I stayed focused, but I wasn't laser focused. I would get, you know, shiny penny, like, hey, I'd take a couple months and I'd, I'd really like try and do like, you know, at one point I really tried to buy like senior living type deals and I, I probably should have just stayed focused on multifamily because that kind of got me off track for a couple months. I never got anything done, but it was a learning experience, right? So things like that, um, you know, just been like little failures that you learn from and you keep pushing on. Yeah, for sure. Um, what is your favorite book that you've read? It could be personal and or business life. Ooh, favorite book. I like, um, I mean, the 10X rule is really the book that originally helped me set bigger goals. So I think that one has probably been a big a key to my success. Yeah, we love that book. That was like the first book we ever read too. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, third question. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given or that you would give someone? Best piece of advice? Um, I think a couple. Uh, you can never, you know, it's never a bad day to take profit. I think that's a good one. Um, I think that's just in my head. Uh, it's been in my head recently, right? We're at a, a tipping point in the market and Rockefeller wrote a book that, you know, says it's never a bad thing to sell too soon and take a profit, right? Cause you could always wait longer and you could always say, Oh, well, you know, I could always make more if I, if it goes up more, I wait longer, whether you're talking real estate or stocks or anything crypto nowadays. Right. And, um, never a bad day to take a profit, go put it to work somewhere else. Um, the best advice I could ever give someone is stay humble, um, work ethically, always, uh, always make decisions based on long, being a long-term person in this business, um, you know, and, and work with integrity to you. You will make more money in the long term, and you'll have better relationships. People will trust you more. Um, doing the right thing is always the right thing. 100% of the time, zero questions asked, like, there is no scenario where doing the wrong thing is the right thing. I mean, you just be a good person and uh, karma will work its way through your life. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, do you have like a daily habit that you would accredit some of your success to? No, I don't have a daily routine or schedule. I'm not like Miracle Morning type of guy, you know. Some days I'll wake up at six, some days I'll wake up at nine. Uh, some days I'll work till one in the morning. So, you know, I just, it, it, I don't really have a routine. Um, I do exercise a lot. I like that. Uh, every day I, I work out or exercise. Um, schedule wise, I don't schedule any calls in the morning. Um, any calls or appointments till normally, this is kind of an exception because we're on Friday, but uh, what is the most important thing for me to get done today? I always do that in the morning, get it out of the way, get it done. So that in the afternoons I could, you know, my schedule is normally loaded with like 10 calls, 20 calls, appointments, meetings, that type of stuff. So that's just my daily schedule is my mornings are always free. Awesome. And last question, what is the best way for people in our audience to get in touch with you? Instagram, hit me up, DM me at real estate Jedi. Give me a follow and uh, say what's up. Um, I'm pretty responsive on Instagram. Awesome. Well, we really do appreciate your time, David. Um, we'll definitely stay in touch and I hope you can do this again sometime. Hell yeah. Thanks, yeah, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Real Life Monopoly podcast with the Donis Brothers. If you want to learn more about what we do, make sure to visit our website, www.donisinvestmentgroup.com. And if you aren't already, 
Make sure to follow us on all platforms at Donis Brothers. Let's be great today. Have a good one.